Today, from a blustery London, we ask, is it time to be investing in Russia? Back in the heady days of the 2000s, when mining was in something of a frenzy and small-cap mining stocks used to behave like cryptocurrencies, I was offered a placement in a Canada-listed Russian mining company. Tell me more, I said to my contact who had introduced me to the story. Well, the assets in Siberia, he began. Siberia is extremely rich in natural resources, by the way, as well as prisons and metals, especially in the Urals and the uh, Paton Highlands. My contact continued. The CEO is very young, very rich and very ambitious. He's not as rich as Roman Abramovich, but he wants to be. Well, don't we all? And, my contact continued, he's really into bodybuilding. I can't say that B-list bodybuilding oligarchs are top of my things to look for when making an investment decision, but a bull market is a bull market, and this was a bull market. In I went at a dollar. I then watched with a certain amount of awe as various deals were done, which I didn't fully understand, but smelt a bit whiffy. And almost overnight, the stock launched to $10. Even more quickly, it came back down again. And I phoned up my broker and instructed him to sell as the thing capitulated. What's the price? I demanded. Uh, came the doddery reply. What's the ticker again? I repeated it. Quickly, quickly, I added. And after what seemed like an eternity, but was probably only a few seconds, my broker came back to me uh, with an answer. $3.60. Sell, I declaimed. Um, other people clearly had the same idea. And in the end, the only fill we could get was at $1.80. I'd made 80% on the trade. I should have been really happy. But me, being me, all I could focus on were the gains I would have had if only I'd managed to get out the day before at $10. I continued watching the stock as it slid over the next few weeks and months to a few pennies before changing its name and eventually delisting and disappearing altogether. I'd lost the money on a couple of other Russian deals before and seeing just some of the nefarious activities of the management of this company and its total contempt for both shareholders and honest process, I muttered the words, never again. I am never putting money into a Russian deal ever again. And I know many people have said the same thing. Now, it's never a good idea to judge an entire nation on the behaviour of a couple of wrong'uns, but being battered and bruised, that's how I felt. And I don't think I've knowingly ever put anything into a Russian deal since. Then, last week, I was having lunch with my old pal and his occasional Money Week contributor, Charlie Morris, of Fleet Street Letter Frame and also Bike Tree, and I hold Charlie's calls in high esteem. He was early into Bitcoin, he was early into oil, and early out of tech, for example. What's your next big theme? I asked him. Russia, came the immediate reply. Oh no, I thought. So, why, I said. It's so cheap, came the answer. Is it cheap for a reason? Maybe. 
But Charlie is right. It is cheap, for sure. Gazprom is Russia's largest company. Its PE ratio is four. Luke Oil is yielding nearly 7%. Spare Bank is on a PE of five and yielding nearly 7%. The JP Morgan Russian Securities Investment Trust, uh, which trades under the ticker JRS, I think it's the only investment trust specializing in Russia, yields 7% and is on a PE of two. A low PE ratio, says Investopedia, can indicate either that a company may be currently undervalued or that the company is doing exceptionally well relative to its past trends. In other words, a low PE ratio is something to look out for. The Russian market is heavily geared towards natural resources, 40% to hydrocarbons alone, and we are in a commodities bull market. And if you're looking for a catch-up trade, then Russia is it. Its companies haven't moved as much as the rest of the market. Maybe the way to play it is to eliminate individual company risk and go for the JP Market Russian Securities Trust. Or take the exchange-traded fund, the ETF route, and consider the iShares MSCI Russia Units ETF. That tickles, uh, tick, uh, the ticker for that is CRU1, Crew1. It's in an uptrend and the moving averages are rising. And its top holdings are Gazprom, Lukoil, Sparebank, Novatesk, Novatech, Norilis Nickel, um, Rosneft Oil, and uh, Polyus and TCS Group Holdings. Now, I was going to crack a joke at the beginning of this article. Russia's about to invade Ukraine. How do I invest? But I knew it would be misconstrued. Um, markets are clearly edgy about the potential for actual conflict in Ukraine. Um, at least at the end of last week, everyone thought it was imminent. Then suddenly it was all off. And then suddenly it was all imminent again. And, um, you know, there's all these newly minted geopolitical experts and, and, and the story seems to change every other day. Um, who knows exactly what is going to happen? Who knows what Putin is thinking? But maybe if you conclude that this is more cold war than actual war and that Vladimir Putin is just flexing his muscles and giving the West the runaround, then the subsequent deals he's going to secure as a result of not invading mean that now is the time to play the Russia game. <laughs> I am not wholly convinced, but you cannot argue with the fact that Russia is cheap. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, please subscribe to the channel. Please look out for my um, new investment letter on Substack. And uh, I'll be back with another video very soon. In the meantime, cheerio.